From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 16th of March 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through the financial situation affecting Credit Suisse. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, I sit down with Zach and discuss today's footage of the Russian and American aerial collision. But first, what happened with Credit Suisse? It's been a turbulent week or so for the global banking system, beginning with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, which, by the way, is the subject of the latest TLDR business video. And then, more recently, the dramatic fall in shares of Switzerland's second largest commercial bank, Credit Suisse. We've talked about what happened with Silicon Valley Bank before, so let's take a look at what's been going on with Credit Suisse in the last couple of days. On Wednesday, Credit Suisse shares nosedived as much as 30% after its top shareholder, Saudi National Bank, ruled out any further investment, citing regulatory issues. The fall in Credit Suisse stock prompted big falls at other large European lenders like BNP Paribas and Deutsche Bank. A number of bank stocks, including Credit Suisse, were temporarily halted from trading on Wednesday morning due to the steep losses. In an attempt to steady the ship, Credit Suisse then took the decision to preemptively strengthen its liquidity by borrowing up to 50 billion francs from the Swiss National Bank. That's just under $54 billion. The $54 billion lifeline from the central bank sent Credit Suisse shares soaring by some 30% when markets opened on Thursday. Even though this latest drama coincided with the fallout of Silicon Valley's bank collapse, Credit Suisse's difficulties predate this week's events. A series of scandals has rocked the bank, including bad bets, a corporate spying scandal, and being found guilty last year by Switzerland's federal criminal court for failing to prevent money laundering. The bank also reported its worst annual loss in 2022 since the 2008 financial crisis. Then, on Tuesday this week, before the latest share price drop, the bank's auditor, PwC, said it had revealed material weaknesses in its internal controls over financial reporting. Credit Suisse's annual report was released this week, showing that customer deposits had fallen 41% at the end of last year compared with a year earlier. Speaking about the situation, Credit Suisse's chief executive, Ulrich Korner, said that my team and I resolved to move forward rapidly to deliver a simpler and more focused bank built around client needs. Credit Suisse is very embedded in the global financial system, so this week's events have sparked fear of a new global banking crisis. But the actions of the Swiss National Bank appears to have done enough, for now, to stop the crisis spreading. Okay, so that's our main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Two and a half tons of uranium have gone missing from a site in Libya, according to UN nuclear inspectors. The International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, told member states that 10 drums containing uranium ore had gone missing from the undisclosed site, which is not under Libyan government control. It's unclear who took it or where it is, but the IAEA says it's conducting further investigations. 
The uranium ore in question can't immediately be used for energy or weaponry, as it would need to undergo an enrichment process. But in the long term, each tonne could be refined to 5.6 kilograms of weapons-grade material, if in the hands of a group with the technological means and resources. Libya has been divided into competing political and military factions since Colonel Gaddafi was deposed in 2011. A trip to the site in question by UN inspectors last year had to be postponed because of fighting between militias. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. South Korea's president, Yoon Suk-yeol, went to Japan today to meet his counterpart, Fumio Kishida. The first such meeting in 12 years, as the two countries with a difficult history tried to address their shared challenges. Ahead of the summit, North Korea launched a suspected intercontinental ballistic missile into the sea between the Korean peninsula and Japan, the latest in a series of recent tests. President Yoon said that this demonstrated that North Korea's ever-growing nuclear and missile threats are a grave threat to international peace and stability. Japan and South Korea are attempting to put up a united front against their shared regional challenges and have agreed to mend an almost four-year trade dispute, restart suspended shuttle diplomacy between the leaders and hailed a new starting point for their relationship. It's been reported this week that a 13-year-old indigenous Australian boy spent 45 days in solitary confinement in a prison in Queensland. 22 of those days were consecutive, and this was only as punishment for a minor offence. The individual, referred to only as Jack, flooded his cell with water from his toilet after being denied drinking water. His barrister, Tim Grau, told the BBC that he had no serious criminal history and that his detention was extraordinary and cruel. He suspected the reason that Jack was in solitary so long was down to a staff shortage at the prison. He argued that this situation could indicate that a similar situation is occurring with other young prisoners, saying, you hope not, but maybe it's more common than we thought. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss a new plan to remove microplastics from wastewater. Researchers at Tarleton State University in Texas discovered that extracts from okra have the power to remove microplastics from wastewater. This is important because microplastics bind to substances in the body that can then become harmful. The fact that the negative harm may soon be able to be reduced by simple okra is a big step forward. Before we go, we have a big announcement. Our show, This Week in Parliament, is returning this weekend. Take a look at this. Every week, a lot happens in Parliament. Debates rage, bills are discussed, and laws are introduced. So it's easy to feel like you don't know what's going on in the chamber. We lift the lid and tell you what happened this week in Parliament. This Week in Parliament, our weekly rundown of what's really going on behind the doors of Westminster, returns exclusively to Nebula this weekend, where you'll also find extended and ad-free versions of the daily briefing every single day. That includes today's extended daily briefing, which features our discussion of the aerial collision between the US and Russia. By signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. 
That's things like real-life law's incredible modern conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings, and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up, and we'll see you on Nebula.